Let's go to Romans chapter 12, where we're going to get into a little something today that I believe is very important. We've been hitting on all kinds of subjects about revival. We've been talking about how do we get in revival. We've been talking about the pattern of it. Last week, we talked about how to handle what's handling you. Amen? But in the reality of what we're going to talk about today is that the, the thing that we face the most, the opposition that we face the most, is the culture that we live in. We have to live in this culture. You know what this culture is. You know what your culture is. So the problems many times that we have is dealing with those things that are around us. Are we involved in those things? Should we be involved with those things? What happens around us? Let's just say this morning I told you that Jesus Christ will return and call us out of here today at 5 o'clock. And so you know that he's coming at 5 o'clock. Would you want to examine every area of your life to know for sure that you for sure that you know that you know that you know that you was right. And what happens if you someone told you, you know what, there's some areas in your life you need to change. Really? I need to change some areas? And you went, I don't know what they are. I, I really don't know right now what should I change this morning. Some of you, when I mentioned it, you know what that might be. But, but, but what if you just didn't know? Would you want to know? <laughs> Huh? We want to know, right? Amen. So you're in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we're going to start off in verse 1. My favorite sets of scriptures are in this book. I got a new Bible, and this thing is huge. My little Bible fell apart. Just, it just fell up. Finally, I held it together. I taped it together. I spoke to it. Praise God, it still fell apart. This is large print, yeah. Still can't quite see it without these readers on. Verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present, what? Your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now, in order to do that, we got to know how to do that. In order to do that, if the Lord wants us to present our bodies in such a way, how do we do that? We all in this room have a will. We have a, a means to do anything we want. I don't know what you do behind closed doors or outside of closed doors, who, how you talk with a certain group of people, how you act. I don't know what the world thinks about you. I don't even know what you think about you. But I do know this, that there is a way that we must live. And the Bible is very clear in Romans 12 too. Be not... Be not. The question is, to be or not to be? But in this context, in order to do what we need to do in verse 1, we must know how to do that. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now what most people get confused about, and we all do this, we say, oh man, things have gotten bad in the world. Things are terrible. Things are just awful. Nothing's changed throughout society. We just think that we were good in the 50s and now we're bad in the years 2000. No, no, stuff was still going on back there. You just didn't see it. 
People didn't talk about it, but things still happened. So we're always kind of evaluating the others. We as Christians say, man, things are bad out there. People are getting bad. You know whose fault it is? The church. It's not the world's fault, but we want to blame it on the Lord. Did you know the world's getting all bad now? It's just getting so evil out there. Why? Because the church stopped being like Christ. There's no way to go and for people to say, oh, I want to go where you're going. I want to be where you are because you're different. You're, you're a light. Oh, you're kind. You're loving. You're, you're peaceful. Oh, when I get around you, it's just such a peace. I had somebody not too long ago come in our house that was one of our neighbors that we don't even hardly even know came in the house and said, man, so peaceful in here. I said, yes. That's the presence of God. I like my peace in my home. I go outside, I get all the drama and craziness you can ever imagine, but you got to have that peace, amen, that peace. So do not be conformed to this world. So before I move on any further, let's talk about that. what that means is. Who was he talking to? The saints. He was talking to the saints. He weren't talking to the world. Me, we many times just want to absolutely put good and evil all those things and separate them. But when the church stops being the church, when the church starts being like the world, the, and that's what's happened. See, the church holds the salt. The church is the light. But when the church gets to the place where they look just like darkness and two darks is dark, you can't tell the difference. You ever go into a movie theater where the doors are in the back and you're coming out of a lighted area and you come into the movie's already started, you walk in the dark, you kind of, you know, you can't, can't hardly see. Your eyes got to get a little adjusted before you go find your seat. And then you ease over and then you find your seat. But you notice if you stay in the dark long enough, your eyes will adjust to the darkness. And that's what's happened to the church. We've adjusted to the darkness. We, we kind of know how to blend in. <laughs> But couldn't be we be so bright that we'd be like if you had your cell phone and you turn that thing on, you got a little light. You might got a little flashlight on your cell phone, and right in the movie, just turn that thing on. People be like, "What is that over there? What? Turn that light off." <laughs> but that's an, not an exaggeration. But I'm saying this is that that they need to see us for different. We're not part of the world. But what happened to the church? Well, it's plain that the saints were being spoken to. And to the church of God, which is in 1 Corinthians 1-2, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ. I want to know those that are sanctified in Christ. Not that you go to a Catholic church or a Baptist church or you're a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness or you're a Methodist. No, 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 no. That's done not the church any good. Not when there are thousands of different denominations in America. People don't know who to turn to. Who's right? The Pentecostals, the Methodists, the Baptists, the Catholics? That has done nothing for us. But God wants the called out ones. Say the sanctified ones. Sanctified. Called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what that means in the saints department. So he's talking to saints. It was a very key warning here, a very key warning. I don't mind telling you, culture creeps into our lives. Next thing you know, we watch something on TV and we're doing the very same thing. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the different styles of TV programs that we used to watch in the 50s, Leave it to Beaver. You know, watching those things, I Love Lucy. 
watching those kind of shows that we used to watch, the Brady Bunch. But in all those, they were dysfunctional. <laughs> Brady Bunch was very dysfunctional. I mean, we laughed at it, but it was dysfunctional. But at least it was a little more pure than some of the things we have today. Hate to talk trash about you like a show, but there's one called The Family Guy. And it's animated. Don't get tricked into thinking it's for your kids. Because it's animated. <laughs> Years ago, I'll never forget watching that thing. I turned it on and said, well, this is pretty cool. This is and the next thing, you're like, <laughs> what did he just say? I thought this was a cartoon. But it was not a cartoon. It was very explicit. Next is the saints, is 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. For God did not call us to uncleanliness. God did not call us to uncleanliness, but holiness. You don't hear much about hell in the church today. You don't hear much about holiness today. You don't hear much about sanctification today. You don't hear anything about the judgment of the Lord today. But what you will hear, 12 steps to have your life just as happy as it could be. How to make your self-esteem better. How to make life easier in a wicked world. We want that kind of message. But what is the truth of the matter is there's got to be sets of boundaries. There's got to be something that keeps us on the straight and narrow. Because I can promise you this. No matter how much you play in the dirt, you will be like dirt. Now, you can play in the dirt all you want, but you're going to get dirty. Now, you can play with the world all you want, but you're going to get dirty. You might want to tap over here, slip in there, do this right here. Nobody's looking, nobody knows. I'll slip back over here. Well, I'll go over here and do this right here and hope nobody's looking, and I'll slip back over here. But just as sure as one day you're going to slip over here, and you ain't going to be able to get back over there. Because <laughs> that thing comes on you. Like you're talking about life comes at you fast. Whew, we can get snatched up real quick. Called out of darkness. I like this. When he's talking to the saints, he says, I'm calling you out of darkness. In 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you are a chosen. Say chosen. If you're born again here today, saved and washed by the blood of the land, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. We didn't like that when we were in high school. You know, are you one of them special kids? No, I'm a special kid. That's true. God looks highly on his special children. When you come into the kingdom of God, we are all special. And there's something special about us. And you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness, praise God, and into his marvelous light. I like that example because many times we can't distinguish who's in the darkness and who's in the light. You may be dressing very well. All of you look very good today. Beautiful outfits. Oh, man, y'all look good. And yet I don't really know what's behind it. But when God says, I've called you out of darkness, it's very clear when I open this door where the light is. I mean, I know where this is. There's a distinction of where I'm going. I'm going to the light. And it ain't that horror movie, right to the light. <laughs> this is the light. Very clear difference. I've called you out of darkness. I've asked you to come into the light. God is light. And he's talking to us. 
How do we get off? How do we get to that place where we start missing the mark? What is it? Because it's clearly in Romans 12, 2, talking about this. It says in 1 Corinthians 16, 17, it says, Come out of among them and be separate. Say separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. Come on. And you shall be my sons, and you shall be my daughters. Jesus said that. The Lord said that. So the key about that is understanding the distinction. When God calls us out, we start living in the world, and next thing you know, we're like the world. I'll never forget, I don't know what it's like today, but I'm sure it's the same thing. There was all this pressure when I was in high school. For The pressure for us is you had to have IZOD. Anybody remember IZOD? When you were in school, you had to converse tennis shoes, and you better have the IZOD clothes. Because if you ain't, you ain't in the crowd. Huh? You ain't there if you ain't hooked up with that kind of stuff. That pressure that the world says, you got to look like this, you got to do this, you got to be that. Man, the good thing about someone like Moses is he decided to get out of that fashion that he was in, to get out of that, that Egypt and that mode and that palace and that gold and the silver, everything that he had. The Bible said that Moses forsook mm-hmm. Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> That's like being over here and then finally going, left it all. Because he knew that God was calling him to something. There was something innate in him. There's something innate in all of us to be different. Each one of you have a different DNA. Each one of you have a different fingerprint. Each one of you have different hair, some more than others. But that's okay. I started the title this, Dare to be Different. When the world wants us to be the same, do what they do. If I could turn the clock back when I was 12 years old and those kids that we were running around with pulled out that mad dog 2020 and said, here, try some. And not wanting to be uncool, I tried some. Darn near killed me. You ever thrown up so hard that you feel like your guts is coming out? Your, gut, your guts, your inside, you know. There's, there's that kind of throw up that you just, it, it, it's actually called this. You, sometimes you'll throw up and you'll go to Europe. Then you'll throw up and you'll go to France. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That's that deep throw up. Well, you can travel the world, praise God. You can wake up next morning, I've been everywhere. <laughs> My point is this. I wasn't strong enough that age, even though I got born at 10 years ago, 10 years old, at 11, 12, I was already being pulled in to a group of people that were trying to get me to do something that would ultimately make me sick as a dog. And the sad thing about it is the next weekend, oh, don't act all holier than now. I run in that same group, and it was like, oh, Mitchell, you act so crazy last week. You were so funny, boy. We had a good time, didn't we? But I wasn't bold enough to tell them, no, I went home and threw out my guts. Oh, I was? I was funny? Oh, it was cool? Oh, th- oh was it really? Oh, did it again. And almost killed me from the time I was 30 years old before I could finally wake up that the devil had taken me 
on a journey that I did not want to go on because I simply could not use the word no. And I don't mind saying that no is good. No is good. Let's all say it together. No. Come on, like you mean it. No. Come on, let's do it again. No. <laughs> That's what Jesus said when he said, be not. He said, be not conformed to this world. Be not. <laughs> Gosh. Where do we go from here now that all of the children have grown See what you started, Sammy? This one, that, wasn't even, that wasn't even spiritual at all, but it just came out. <laughs> Where was it? Called out of darkness. Called out of darkness. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to look for the flipper that's in my pocket. Let the past be the past. All right, called into the kingdom. Thessalonians 12, uh, 2, 12 says it like this. We're called into the kingdom. That you would walk worthy. Say worthy. worthy. See, there's a walk that we got to have. If we're going to be not conformed to the world, then there's a walk. There's a way to walk, praise God. There's a way that we walk. Worthy who calls us into his kingdom. We got to walk worthy. The problem with all of us today, and I blame it on the church, the church needs to walk worthy. The church needs to be who it says it can be. I know it's just a hypocritical thing that people say. I can't go to church. There's a bunch of hypocrites in there. Yeah, there is. But at least we some saved hypocrites, praise God. We're going to heaven. You can be an unsaved hypocrite. But at least we's in there. We working on ours. That's why we go to school every Sunday. We working on ours. We ain't there yet. But if you'll come on in and quit using those excuses, then you'll be right there with us. So there's a walk. And, and many times we forget in our lives. We are walking sometimes. There's many of us that are walking a way that's not worthy to God, but yet we don't know how to get off that track. We don't know how to get off because the rest of the world does it. It's okay. But it's not okay. Called to fellowship. Ooh, we're called to fellowship. Praise God. God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship with the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. How many of us are fellowshipping with God? How many of us are getting up in the morning and the first thing you say, good morning, Lord? Oh, thank you, Lord, for breathing last night and a good night's sleep. Even if you didn't get a good night's sleep, say, Lord, I hope I sleep tonight. But that fellowship in that place that we know that we're king's kids, we know that we are the body of Christ, we don't live like the world lives. Yes, you'll think I'm crazy for praying but I'm going to do it. At a restaurant, we're going to take hands and go pray over our food. I don't care what anybody thinks. Well, you might offend somebody. Good point, Mindy. The world offends me all the time. You're watching TV and then all of a sudden, did you see what they just did? Instead of turning it off and taking your pen and going to your internet and write that company and say, I don't like that coming through my TV. If all of the body of Christ would start saying, I don't like that, start shutting her down, 
they would change their modification. But see, we allow it. We want to see more and more and more. I don't want to see no more. Amen? Don't befriend the world. Let's see what James 4.4 says. James 4.4. Huh? You remember I tell this story all the time because I think it's funny. It's not funny, but it's funny because... It just is. I, I forgot the statistic that I learned. Some of it's way past your, uh, your age group, but there was a fellow, a great actor by the name of James Dean. And when James Dean, in a movie one time, slashed a tire that he was mad at another guy, first time it had ever been seen on TV, the first time anybody really ever saw that, after that, that whole year, there were literally thousands of tires being slashed because what it put in somebody's head is, yeah, that person did me wrong. Yeah, I'm going to slash their tire. I ain't got to fight him. I ain't going to touch him. But it sure is funny when they get in their car and they can't go nowhere. <laughs> Don't do this at home. They say that on TV and they show it to you. That's what gets me. Don't do this at home. Well, why do you want to show it to me then? If it's that important not to do it at home, if you're going to show it to me, somebody's going to show enough to do it. Call to fellowship. Befriend the world, James 4.4. Are you there? I'm not. You adulteress, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy with God. Oh, if that ain't touching your heart this morning, I don't know what will. Go ahead and befriend the world. Or do you think that the Scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the Spirit which He has made to dwell in us. <laughs> but He gives us greater grace. But He gives us greater grace. So the point is, if you want to befriend the world, I like this Scripture because it talks about church folk. Matter of fact, it actually talks about church folk doing church stuff. They said they were laying hands on the sick. Huh? The Bible says they were laying hands on the sick, doing all kind of things, all kind of signs and wonders and miracles. And Jesus looked at them and said, I, I, didn't, I don't know you. Ooh, church folk, doing the power of God, moving in the things of God. They healed people. They did the, the stuff, but they didn't know God. Ooh. Many times we just go about our busy day and we don't even contact or even communicate with God anything. We just do, 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 do all day. Let the world drag us over here and the world drag us over here. We do this, we do that. We ain't not once said, Lord, do you, need, do you want me to do this? Do you really want me to do this? Lord, I do this all the time. Should I keep doing this? Really having some dialogue and some fellowship with God, but don't befriend the world. Do not be conformed to this world. Be ye transformed. So the point here is world. When we say world, what is it that we mean? Well, first and foremost, forever, unbroken age. Most of them talk about age and eternity. That's the world. Or the system. When you say world, it's the current system in which we live in, how our system works, this age of system that we live in. 
like the Roman system. There was a government that went on with that. There was a system in place. And the age in which we live, that time frame in which we live. Now, the universe in Hebrews, it talks about the universe. How many saw those meteorites the other night? Anybody watch any of those? Those meteorites? But in the universe, it says, As these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he has made the worlds. I like the way scientists are so excited about these new planets they find. Yay, we've never seen this before. That's great. You spent billions of dollars of that. I could have told you that in the world, that there's plenty worlds out there. There's other things. The Bible says he just said, and it was. So, you know, it's the first time we've ever seen that. Well, praise God. That's, that's great. That's exciting. You know, but hate to pop your bubble, you'll probably never, ever get there. Because I got news for you. If God had wanted us, I ain't going to say it. This present time, time before Christ returned. It also mentions that, that place and that time that we're talking about. What age is it? Be not conformed to this world. Jesus answered them and said, the sons of this age marry and are giving to marriage. What Jesus was saying, even the sons of this age. Now, I'm not from the earlier age. I'm from this age. And everybody that was in that age lived in that age. But if you're living now, you're in that age. <laughs> See, this is my age. I'm living in my age, my time, and where I'm supposed to be. And Ephesians 1.21 says, Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only this age, <laughs> but not only this age, but also that which is to come, say eternity. Not only now and here, but eternity. That name above every name, that Jesus was known before creation, that Jesus was known during creation, that Jesus was known in the Old Testament, that Jesus was known in the New Testament. He's known in our lives, and there's that time he's coming, and there's that eternal going on, and that name will still be that name. No matter what you do and have done in this world, Jesus is still proven. Old Testament and New Testament. Everything in the old points to the new. The new points to the old. And it all points to the same thing. The son of the living God to save us all from our sin. Time after Christ's return. Of course, we're talking about the eternal kingdom. But those who are counted worthy to obtain. <laughs> those who are counted worthy to obtain that age. And the resurrection... From the dead. Neither marry nor are given to marriage. That's kind of a place that is in that age. Worthy. Say worthy. worthy. Say, I want to be worthy. I don't know if you want to be worthy or not, but it takes work to be worthy. Then we're talking about the times, the spirit of the age, the moral, the spiritual climate in which people live. There's a climate in which we all live. We're all in that environment. Now, I understand that we all live in different places sometimes, different countries, different cultures, and there are situations I cannot answer biblically, why I was born in America, why I was grown up in a Baptist home, why some were grown up in a Muslim home, some were grown up in different cultures. I, don't, I can't answer all that. I, I don't know that, but I do know this, that we all are in a place. We're in a place that we all must understand for me and my culture, for me and my culture. And where I am in this age, 
I'm going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to be not conformed to the world. See, when I grew up, a little white lie was okay. Anybody ever heard that? A little white lie is okay. But my Bible says lying is an abomination to God, and you will go to hell for lying. People want to get all bent out of shape about homosexuals and lesbians and all that, and it's such a great sin. No, lying's just as bad. <laughs> Gossiping, slandering, hatred, wickedness, wrath, all that stuff God just don't like. It's mentioned in there. Just look it up. I don't want to just pick one out because it's the popularity of the culture. Praise God. All right. Where am I? Mark 4.19. Mark 4.19. I'll make this point brief. And the cares of this world say world. You notice it doesn't say the cares of heaven. You notice it says the cares of this world. There ain't no cares in heaven. But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things, enter in and choke the word and becomes unfruitful. What chokes us? What gets us to that place where we're not, where we're being conformed to the world instead of not? The world. It comes in and tries to steal everything we got. It'll steal the very word you got. It'll take a little boy like me, 10 years old, getting baptized, take me to a place if I'm not in that world. That world will suck me dry and say, that ain't no good for you. This is even better for you. This is more fun than that. And come to find out, the older I get, there ain't nothing better than having a good, peaceful conscience. There ain't nothing better going to a party and everybody's drinking but you, and you go home and you ain't got to worry about how you feel the next day. Boy, there's something good about, you know, having a good old cold glass of iced tea. Somebody tell you, Pat Mitchell, you want a drink? Let me fix you a drink. Got one right here. This is good as yours. Mine's a whole lot cheaper, too. <laughs> tea goes a long way. <laughs> but the point is, don't be sucked in from that, the cares of the world. So as we move on to in this world, it's called the cosmos as well, system of evil that opposes God. You have to understand that this world is Satan's world. Yes, so when you say world, you're talking about Satan has gained dominion over this world. The only way we get our dominion on this earth is we receive Jesus Christ, we live in his kingdom, then we don't have to submit ourselves to the system of the enemy. Even though he's always going to be there, he's going to be our number one adversary, our, one, our number one uh, problem in life. Matter of fact, the Bible says there'll be one last sting of the enemy, the devil. It'll be death. That sting, I like that, though, sting. I don't mind taking a little sting, but it's going to sting long. Bow, it might sting just a little bit, but I'll be set free in, in eternity. So don't be scared of death. It's only a sting. How many likes getting shots at the doctor's office? No, me either. But when they first put that thing in there, that little sting, ew. That's what death's going to be like. Oh, it's going to sting just for a second, but it's over. That's all the devil's got. He ain't got enough to pop me any worse than that. Amen. Amen? So we talk about the dominion of Satan. All those scriptures are the dominions. We talked about the cares of this world. This world has a lot of cares. And if you start living in that world, applying into that world, doing in that world, it will cause you pain and heartache. Sometimes I just want to live off the grid. 
You ever seen them shows where they live in Alaska and they're living off the grid? Firewood to burn your fire. You got to kill your animals to eat. I would like to try it for at least 30 days, if I, if I could live 30 days through it. <laughs> Evil that enslaves us, Galatians talks about that, be ye not into bondage again of those things, talking about perishing, being blind, and be unbelieving. See, the enemy will make us blind to that we're not necessarily living in the world. That's just the way people do it. That's just the way it is. Everybody skims a little off the top. Not everybody pays all their taxes. Yeah, you work that waitress job. You get cash money. Don't report it. You don't have to report it all. Nobody else does, so you don't have to. Huh? That's just the way the world is. It just kind of creeps in. And, and you do these things that aren't God's way. You know what I mean? And then it just kind of eases in your life. Love it is not to loving eternity. If you love it, if you love the world, you're displeasing eternity. I like a good show on TV, and even if you watch the bad shows, what I say rated PG-13 is even bad today, but even R-rated movies, if you watch them enough in there, those crazy worldly people are going to put something in there that means something. Some moral value is going to be in there. You're going to choose which moral value there is. And to wor the world today needs more moral value, not immoral value. We got it everywhere we go is immoral value. My name's Mitchell, Mindy, that's two M's. We're M&M's. Our two boys are Morgan and Michael. We're M&M, M&M. And on the day on the commercial, daggone if M&M's ain't got sexual on them. Can't even have, you can't sell an M&M now without having some kind of sexual connotation? I mean, really, has chocolate got that desperate where it's not any good anymore, where you got to have an M&M lay up in bed with somebody? Y'all had not seen the commercial, have you? You seen the commercial? I mean, really, have we got that far? Trust me, chocolate is still good to me. I don't need a commercial. I don't need an M&M commercial to tell me that m and is good. But we have gotten to that place where the world just wants to. But when are we going to just say no more? When more people say no and no works, the ones who are saying yes will say, I'm going to say no. Let me say that again. When more of us begin to say no, those that are saying yes will see us saying no and want to say no. But we need more people saying no. Yes is probably the biggest problem that's ever got us in everything we've ever done. <laughs> but be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. See, I'm now I'm going to get over into this next week. Because in, in, in conformity, is really all we were talking about today is conformity. The problem with America today or any society that begins to collapse within itself, it, it begins to conform to a certain standard. Um, our country is, what, $4 trillion in debt? But yet, April 15th, when they want my tax money, they want me to balance my, my budget. Wait a minute. <laughs> but you want me to balance mine to give you money, and I'm going to give it to you, and you ain't going to balance yours. 
But we, the government, we can do that. <laughs> we just make money, borrow money, use money. What I'm saying is it's time for people to say, no, we've got to stop this madness. But we can only do it when we decide to say no. We decide, praise God, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may know that perfect and good will and acceptable will of God. We're living our lives today, and many of us don't know what the perfect will is our, for our lives. We know where life is carrying us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes just life carries you. You look back and say, oh, I had that to do and this to do and I had that to do. And I just, wow, where did it all go? How did I get here? Because we're not being led by the will of God in our lives. So we want to know the will of God. But the point today was conformity. We got to learn and look around and say, do I need to conform to that or do I need to run from that? Do I need to stop that or do I need to keep doing that? And there are things in our lives I can promise you to say that each one of us have those issues, myself included. I'm preaching to me. I know. But we can change it when we start understanding, love what God loves, hate what God hates. Sounds awful brash. The world will get awful mad with you when you tell the world what you hate because they're going to say, oh, I'm offended. You can't say that no more. You think the Israelites told God? They did a few times. They tried to tell God, oh, God, we're offended by what you just said. We need more morality that's going to change our lives for the better instead of the morality that we have today that's corrupting our lives. I don't know about you. I want peace when I sleep. I want peace during the course of my day. I'm tired of chaos. I'm tired of cosmos worldly age dictating to me where I go and when I go. Amen? Because the world flat just grab you and take you. Next thing you know, you are gone. <laughs> 